Hi everyone, Mario Salinas here. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo, Origin Gates Daily Podcast. Delighted to be with you again for story time. And thanks to all of you who have sent encouraging remarks. Uh, call me or text me or email me or Facebook message me or somehow say, hey, that story uh, meant something to me. It, uh, it enabled me to grow. It challenged me. It inspired me and so on. So thanks so much. For the feedback and I have a giving story for us today one that those of you who have heard me speak over the years would have heard and yet this goes out to so many people now that have yet to hear us or know who we are so I felt like it was appropriate to share this and it goes back about 10 years to when I had uh, first met Ian Clayton and had first heard the term trading used uh, forgiving. We were used to donations. We were used to the terms uh, sowing, giving, um, obviously tithing in local churches and so on. But the term trading was something that was very new to me. And and it was something that I, I didn't struggle with in, in the terms of being offended by it because it was something new. Uh, it was explained to us pretty well by Ian. Uh, Clayton, when he first came to the state of Connecticut where I live and where I was pastoring at the time, and he explained that trading is, is something that's different than, than giving of offerings or alms or even sowing seed into a particular field. It's actually something that has a spontaneity to it and a, and a very powerful dynamic connected to it in that trading enables us to capture a moment in the revelation being released in it and to as we would trade in the marketplace we would trade financial resource in that particular case we were trading dollar bills at a, at a service here in connecticut usa uh, every time we heard something that made sense we would put it on this talit that ian had put down and uh and we were we were learning how to do that well, the second year that Ian came back to Connecticut, this time he was my guest and Danielle's uh, at our local church. And it was for our, our second annual conference that we were going to be hosting uh, with Ian Clayton as the, as the speaker. And I remember uh, still new to the concept of trading, new to this kind of uh, giving and, and even the term leverage trading was starting to come in where there's these moments when we we leverage we use a lever just like we would in the in the world of science or mechanics where we use a lever to obtain an advantage and be able to move a much heavier weight than we would without one uh, i started to understand the power that lies um, within this the the seizing of moments that are that are critical that are important that are significant for uh, our future and and I believe that in those moments actually the generations our generations our bloodlines are present in those trades and can be depending on how we position ourselves and, and and that's very biblical by the way because it says in Hebrews in Hebrews that uh, the, the seed of Abraham those who would come after him that would be the priesthood uh, Levi and all the others they were present when he gave tithe to Melchizedek so that was a very significant leveraging moment, even though it was tithe that he gave, uh, he still leveraged the victory and the spoils that he got from war 
and gave a tenth of it to Melchizedek, though it wasn't required of him. It wasn't part of the law at the time. He actually was the trendsetter to establish something that ends up becoming uh, uh, part of the law. So when Ian came uh, after the first day of, uh, well, we start, we start on, we would always start on a Tuesday night and then on Wednesday morning would be the first, um, the first day of the conference, the first full day. And I remember waking up at five in the morning that, uh, that Wednesday and I, and before going out for a jog, uh, I remember feeling very strongly that I was to leverage something that I had that I'd been holding on to for a very long time. And at that time, Danielle and I, for the last, um, I would say up until that time, it was about 13 years, we had traded literally in the marketplace trading type uh, um, glass marbles, which were, um, you know, these glass balls that kids used to play with or still do today, but not as much now that we have digital worlds and electronics and the metaverse. But back then, uh, we, we grew up playing with marbles and marbles have a very s selective uh, collectible niche. Uh, there, there are a group of people all over the earth that collect them and there are marble shows and there are marble um, auctions and all these different things go on around marbles. And at the time, from 1997 on, we had been collecting marbles and this was around 2010, 2011. And I remember having this one marble that I had traded um, a large number of marbles, like very valuable marbles to obtain. This was, it, to use the biblical illustration, of Matthew 13, this was the pearl of great price. This was the one marble that I believed was gonna put one of my kids through college. Like it had that kind of invaluable value. It was one of a kind, it was very unique. It was it was basically a, a large one, one inch and a half marble that on the bottom was opaque and within it, the, the artist, the contemporary uh, handmade, handmade marble artist had made the, he had made this swirl of what looked like cosmic dust. And within that swirl, uh, out of that swirl came the planets of our solar system, all, all nine of them. And when you looked into the marble, you were in space. It was just an inch and a half in diameter. And yet when you looked into the bottom half of it from the top, the top part was clear, the bottom part had this design into the wall of it, and when you looked at it, it took you right into space. It was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And so I, I, had, I had put that in a safe deposit box at the bank, and along with some other valuables that we had accrued over the years, and I was planning to hold on to it until we really needed to leverage it to obtain finance, to for something big, like put a kid through school or buy a new brand new car or something like that. And um, I felt like I was supposed to to trade it into Ian. And we had we had only known him for about a year. We had only spoken a few times because um, at, the, at that time we weren't we didn't have Zoom where we talk every week or anything like this. So we only saw him once a year whenever he came or if we knew he was nearby, we might swing by and go see see him at a conference for the night. But to actually build relationship, we were on the beginning levels of that. But we felt like this relationship was very significant and that there was a lot that Yahweh had for us in this relationship and that we should trade what we had accumulated and accrued as the most valuable 
uh, position that we had at that time uh, into into Ian's mountain. And it was it was interesting because he was actually teaching about our mountains and how each of us has one, each of us is one. And so I I I resisted the thought to go and take that out of the bank and trade it into Ian, not because of being stingy or because I didn't think Ian was worth it. It's because for so long I had considered this, what God had given us to lay up for the future. And so I didn't feel like I was at liberty to do so. And yet I felt very strongly that he was directing me by his spirit to do this. So I went for a jog and when I came back, I, I felt I continued to feel uh, the urge to do so. And I remember asking Danielle about it and Danielle's amazing about uh, possessions. She doesn't, uh, she's not attached to anything. And uh, we, we have this funny thing that we say together, which is when you go to the conference with your favorite people, don't bring your favorite possessions because you'll end up trading them. And so she said, go for it. And uh, I took my son Christos, for whom the marble had actually been laid up for. He, I had designated it for something for him, be it a new car, you know, a first car or his education or something, because it was that valuable. Remember, I traded, um, I would say, 12 or 13 marbles that I had accrued over the year, 13 years of collecting um, to obtain this one. I had traded those for this one. So I took Christos with me and I brought him to the safe deposit box. I had shown it to him before. And we went into the little room that they give you at the bank to go through your things in private, in, in a private setting. And, and when we opened it, Christos says, please tell me that you didn't bring me here to take out that marble because I told him we're going to take something out of the box because I need to, I need to give it in the offering. I didn't say trade because he wouldn't understand. He was young. And Christos says, Dad, Dad, that's the one. Like that's the one you've shown me before. This is the one that was that was laid up. This was, the, I, you know, that you were saving for a bigger thing. I, I hadn't told him it was designated to him, but um, I said I want you to take it out. I don't even want to look at it because I don't want to be tempted to not do what I feel I'm supposed to do. So Christos took it out, and he said, Dad, it, it really is an exceptional marvel. And the more he said this, of course, <laughs> that's the last thing I need to hear. But, but I had made my mind up. I'd made my mind up and I had another marble that I had saved. Uh, sorry about that, my phone just went off. I had another marble that I had saved for, and for a very special occasion and it was not as valuable as that one, but still very valuable. And that one, I ended up that day trading into Joanne McFadder who was leading worship that week. So anyway, we took the two marbles and we went and during breakfast that morning, I, I sneaked up to Ian and just whispered in his ear. I said, there's something I need to do before you start speaking this morning. Is that is that OK? And he kind of looked at me, you know, like in a, in a puzzled way, like he said, yeah, of course. But I knew he was trying to read me and he was trying to see because he sees. And I, and, I, and I was afraid he was going to see what I was going to do. He was going to go down the timeline ahead of me and see it. But, but he told me later he wasn't able to see it. It was, it was hidden from his view. So he said, yeah, of course, you do, do whatever you need to do. So when I got up, I told the story of what it took to obtain the 12 or 13 marbles that were traded for this one. And I talked about the significance of what this meant for us after 13 years of being in this particular field and doing business in this field. And then I said, I'd like to leverage even though I didn't fully understand what I was saying, I would have, I would be teaching about this years later, even now, 
I would be explaining more in detail and from a biblical sense what I was doing. But at the time, I just knew the language and I had this bear, it bore witness in my heart. And I said, I am trading this and leveraging it into the mountain of the Son of Thunder. And I presented it to him and then one to Joanne. And, and I tell you, something happened in that moment that I wish there was a way that I could go back and relive that a thousand times because I know that that moment was one of the most significant moments of my life. I felt that the tectonic plates of financial alignment with the will of the Father for me shifted in my favor. That's the best way I can describe it because in, in, in Ian, Ian turned to me as, 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 as he was looking at this marble and kind of getting lost in it. He said, watch what's going to happen now because he, he saw that. And we heard people in the back like wailing. Like people were getting delivered from the spirit of mammon and from hoarding and from holding on to things. We heard this later. They came and told us what happened to them in that moment. That if we could do that, they could be free from what was holding on to them in terms of finance. Within moments, and I mean moments, maybe a few minutes if you add it all together, we had more wealth in our hands from what people came and laid at our feet, Danielle and I, than we had had our whole lives. I'm talking about gemstones that were priceless, rings of gold, coins. There was someone there who had coins that were the original coins that were traded from Tyre and Sidon into the Greek islands. And they brought these coins that had an owl on them and some other uh, object. And these were original silver coins that were traded in BC times, like 400 to 600 BC. All of these, it's like the kings of the earth came for a moment like this. And then people were writing checks to us for large amounts. They were giving us cash. And there was this breakthrough that came to us, but that was just the beginning of not a financial blessing, but of a relationship that went so deep and became so strong in this bond that Ian and, and Kay and Danielle and I in our households have is what led ultimately to even this relationship that formed Origin Gate with Grant Mahoney and Sam Mahoney, Ian Clayton and Kane and Danielle and I are, are the three kind of uh, front runners in Origin Gate that puts together these, uh, these teams of the daily podcasts. And that relationship was forged, I believe, through a significant leverage trade that happened that day. I am so glad I didn't hold on to that one marble. I'm so glad that it was traded into the mountain of Ian Clayton and Kay Clayton and the Son of Thunder. And it has brought dividends into our lives that are indescribably rich beyond finance, but also financial. So I want to encourage you that when you feel this prompting to go beyond anything you've gone before and do something bigger than whatever you may have done before, go for it. Because your very future financially and in every other way could be hinging on that leverage moment. I bless you in the name of Yeshua until we speak again. Shalom.